Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers, anyone out there in property sourcing land who's sourcing deals for profit, Team PSP, all the deal packages out there in the property world. I'm really excited today because I've just got a fabulous guest and I'm going to introduce you to, to her in a minute. I probably met her two, three years ago. She'll fill in the dates, I'm sure. And she's just built a wonderful property business. So started in the deal packaging world, moved on to great things now. And uh, I'm going to introduce her now. Put your hands together for the wonderful Jessie Marsh. Yay! Good morning. Welcome, Jessie. Welcome. Thank you. Cool. So, Jessie, let's get straight into this. So you are based in Newport in South Wales, on, yeah, down on the so South Wales coast, yeah? Based in South Wales, covering different areas of South Wales, depending on what my investors are looking for. Cool. Lovely. And we met where? Where did we meet? Um, probably Masopi, March 2017 was my first experience coming to Progressive. Husband told me we were off for a nice weekend away. Yeah. Thought, great. And then he told me we were coming to Peterborough. He never told you it was a property event. He did after I asked him. I was like, why are we going there? Okay. So for, for those of you who out there in the in the world who are not aware what Masopi is, it's the multiple streams of property income event run by Progressive Property. So many of us have started in that place. It's a three days sort of smorgasbord and celebration of property and how you can do it, right? All the different strategies, sort of a menu, isn't it, Jess? Yeah. Right. So you're here, you did the three days. It's like it's like going on a little cruise, isn't it? You it know? was a great little cruise. Learned lots of different strategies, lots of information, and from that decided to go ahead and do the deal packaging course. Yes. you. D- I remember our conversation at the back of the room. You put your faith in us. Right? I did. And um, you had always worked. So, you, you know, you're a very competent and very – very accomplished young woman, right? And I knew it was going to work for you, right? But you didn't know that day one. No one can know. No, right? didn't know that. So you did. It was a bit of a leap of faith, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it certainly was. Absolutely. And, um, well, just just tell us where it led, sort of from the early days, the trials and tribulations. And so I attended to- the deal packaging course in the June of 2017, so not long after the Multiple Streams event. And really learned a lot of information obviously over that weekend and took it from there, took on the information that I was given, how to find deals, how to find properties, how to find your gold mine areas, and really ran with that. I think I'd always decided that South Wales, Newport, that sort of area was a great area for me to be focused on. And knowing that area meant I could really implement what I'd already learned and push forward from there. Great. So um, early days, Jesse, we're going to have friends here listening to this who are just starting out in the progressive community, possibly. Can you remember what your big challenges were and when were the nights that you went home and said to Simon, this stuff's not working? You know, can I take you back there? Yeah, you can. So to start with, it was very much trying to have the confidence to go and speak to agents, even pick up the phone and make those conversations as first initial calls were very difficult. What do I say? Who do I speak to? Finding then the right areas for the properties. So that was quite difficult in terms of actually really getting to know the area yeah. and 
juggling time with having a little one and things like that was quite difficult as well. So being judged by people also as feeling like I was going to go into an estate agents and be just judged and said, you know, who is this girl? What is she after? How, you know, she wants to come in and try and find all these properties. Yeah. And this is, if I may, this is really, really important because people find that a big challenge. It is a big challenge. Going to the estate agent. What do I say? What do I say? And we've all got, there's this public image of estate agents and then the realization that they're just people. So the public image is that they're, you know, professional hard nosed property sharks, right? Sitting in and they've been there, done it. And you're the new person, right? And they might not have respect and like, they might not like you, they might not make it easy. So tell, can you remember the first few visits, how, how you thought it wasn't going to work? Yeah, um, the first few visits were quite daunting, really, opening the door and them all looking up at me and thinking, you know, what's she here for? So yeah, kind of going in, took a little browse, had a little look at what was on the shelves and then had to have a little word with myself to say, come on, go and talk to them. It's okay. They're only people. And once I kind of had that through my mind of actually there are only people, you're going to ask a question. If you don't go and ask the question about what they've got, what, what you can offer them, you're not going to get a response. No. And that was the first thing I had to kind of really make myself aware of that they are only people. You're going to ask a question. And essentially, as I've learned further down the line, you're actually helping them as much as they're helping you. Absolutely. So in those early days, did you know what you were looking for? So you're going to have the conversation. Did you have a firm picture in your mind when you started? What what was a deal for you? Not necessarily. I didn't really have a great idea of what type of property I was initially looking for. And that took time once I got to know my area better, what I was going to start sourcing. And I think it's important then that I found that I could really focus once I'd found what type of property it was. So initially I started looking at kind of straightforward buy-to-lets that had a good yield, a good return, and then I could attack the agents. I knew exactly what I was looking for. So the next time I went in, I was much more confident. This is what I'm looking for, this type of street, this type of property. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so you define that quite quickly because that's where you need to get to. I think you need to go in and say to the estate agent, this is what I'm looking for, this is the – the floor plan I'm looking for, depending on what your strategy is, these are the numbers, this is the yield. You said good yield. What were, At that time, and I know Newport's moved on a bit in a couple of years, right? But at the time when you started uh, for a single let house, what was the rent? What could you buy a house for? So when I first started, you could buy a house around 80,000. Okay. Rentals around 550, 575 for a three bed. So pretty good returns. For yeah, what so you're we're looking, looking at, at what? Close to 8% gross yeah. yield. Yeah, doing it in my head quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. People will buy that. People clearly have bought that. Of course, yeah. Because you've built quite a big packaging business and then moved on into other things. So that's pretty cool. So your first investors, Jesse, how did you find your, how did you find your buyers? So finding buyers, again, I thought was going to be really difficult. I thought, great. I've, I'm, know now how to go and speak to the agents. I know how to find a deal, how to analyze it, how to get those. That was all great. And then it was like, oh, what happens if I get an offer accepted? Then what do I do? That's a big problem, isn't it? Get an offer accepted. (laughs) It's not necessarily a big problem. It's just then the next hurdle. Right, okay, great. I've got a deal. I've got something that I would invest in because that's how I look at it. If I would invest in it, I know an investor will. So I really documented what I was doing online mainly on Facebook. I'm not great with social media, but that was something I knew. So, right, okay, 
continued to keep putting out there what I was doing, where I was going, the reasons I was investing or sourcing investment properties in those areas. And unbeknownst to me, I'd built a little following of people watching what I was up to, my property stalkers or investment stalkers, as I like to call them. Okay, <laughs> okay so this is starting to sound a bit weird. Let's expand on it a bit. So unbeknown to you, what does that mean? What was going so, on? I would put posts on Facebook and telling people what I was up to each day. I was going out and viewing and, and why we should have been be, being investing there. So what I found was other people in the community that I knew and liked and, and, and got to know, they were liking and commenting on my posts, but investors weren't necessarily doing that. They were just watching from afar. Yes. They weren't making those comments there. And Absolutely. then a month or so later, six weeks later, they... They're telling me, you know, all of a sudden I've got an inbox message. We've been following your progress. We've been watching what you're doing. We like what you're doing. And that's the main book of how I found a lot of investors. Further to that, kind of put myself out there a little bit more. There was a lady who was building a networking event out in Holland and got talking to her. She was asking, could I send over some deal information, etc. And then it transpired that we actually went over to speak there fab and I, I really want to talk about that but just yeah for people who are new just before we go there one thing jesse so you got you got your first investor and you got your first deal and it's it's you're trying to put it together and everyone shakes hands and you've got a deal yeah and you're going to get paid how did that feel first time very exciting obviously i got the deal got the investor matched them up it was like a little matchmaking session which was great did the investor come down to newport view the property no the investor was actually from australia <laughs> really? so, okay. she hasn't seen the property she has since she has come over okay, cool. um so yeah not exactly what i was thinking when i was going to have yeah. my first deal so something completely out of the box that i wasn't it's expecting a lot of responsibility for you if yes. not seen. Yeah. yeah so a lot of responsibility for me yeah, I was really excited about the whole whole process. And then, like you say, the responsibility side kicks in. Is this okay? Is she going to like it? Is what I'm I'm kind of projecting in terms of the figures, what we're going to do with this property? We've got the exit strategies. How is all that going to pan out? And that you don't know until you're going through the motions. And that's where the next hurdle came in of, right, let's, let's do the first deal. Let's go through the motions of the sales process and everything else. Yes, absolutely. So, back to Holland. Yes, yes, back to Holland. Okay. So, you've sort of been told about this room that this lady is putting together in Holland. And yeah. She's uh, met you at this stage? Have you, this no, no, not physically met, just still oh, wow. all over kind of so, social media and messaging and phone this, calls. But this is fantastic because people don't believe that this can be done. So yeah. You've done it. You've done it. So, um, you went to Holland. I did. Yeah. What was that? We went Ryan, over. Ryanair? How did you go? Easy jet. Easy jet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we went over to Holland. Obviously did lots of prep, lots of slides, lots of information about, again, the reasons why people should be investing in our area. Yeah. And explaining to the investors over in Holland, they were all rather new to the whole prospect of investing outside of Holland. So it was to be able to explain to them what they can achieve here their returns on their money, how it's more beneficial than obviously investing in their own country. And off the back of that, I think there was probably about 50 people in the room. So that was my first experience of actually really standing up and talking to people. Okay, so I've got a deep dive into a couple of these. Things. Yeah. Okay. 50 people in a room. Yes. Right. 
and you were not a speaker, you're still not a speaker. No, not no. necessarily. So you've got to stand up in front of 50 people. You've made your own slides up. Yeah. Right? You've been practicing in the mirror or something. Right. That must have been quite daunting. Yes, it was. So I was really excited to go over there and actually push myself to do it. And then as the people were walking in the room, I was thinking this is not something that's going to go well. That initial walk up to the stage was very daunting, turning around and seeing all the eyes kind of staring at me, ready for me to give them some content. The more I got into it, the more I relaxed and obviously passionate about what we do and what I'm doing and where I'm doing it. So I think as soon as the nerves kind of edged off a little bit, that just came out and really enjoyed it towards the end. Yes. And um, so we work together quite closely right? in that. We're not in property together, but we talk about stuff. And you are a mentor on the Progressive Deal Packaging Mastermind. Yes, okay, I am. So yeah. you, were, you were my firstborn, Jesse. I'm really proud <laughs> of what you've done. Being a speaker, putting yourself out there is something we're going to talk about because I think you've got so much to offer people. And I'm just pausing the content for a second to say people who listen to this yeah. may not know who you are today. Yeah but I want people to know who you are because I think you've got such a lot to give to the community. You are very professional and you've got a lot to share. And that's why I invited you to join us today. Yeah. Okay. So uh, being a Dutch person yeah. who wants to invest in property, is is it hard in Holland? Is it Why would they go to New... Why would they come to UK? Why would they go to Wales as opposed to England? Why would they go to Newport, of all places, yeah. to invest? How did that roll? So it's difficult to invest in Holland. It's a very rental generation place. It's more loopholes, a lot harder to get a mortgage out there. Oh, wow. So they've got funds to to invest, but it's harder to do in their home country. So they look for other alternatives. Okay. So explaining to them the benefits of, of what we can achieve here in the UK is great. Yep. Obviously spoke to them about several different areas, but clearly focused on the area that I'm sourcing in and that we provide the investment properties in. So talking to the the individuals there, they may have the same as any investor, different size pots of funds. They've got different ideas of what they want to do, whether it's cash flow or capital growth. And then we would place them in a certain area that would suit well for that and a strategy that, that suits them. Cool. And do they come and have a look? Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Easy jet on the way back. Exactly. Okay. So, um, 54 people in the room or however many you said yep. how many actually came to look at what you were doing and then from the people that came to look at what you're doing how many actually invested so at the moment we've got probably five or six clients directly from holland we've built a good relationship with some of them and i've now got two joint venture partners out of them as well right so these are multiple deals with these five or six people yeah yeah and two of them you are in business with yes fab so I'm going to press you from some numbers. So while I'm talking, you have a think. Okay. Um, EasyJet, a night or two in a hotel to Holland, a day's work putting your slides and presentation together. What what did it cost you to put that presentation on? Around £400, something £400. like that. Yeah. Okay. And it's very hard to value the joint venture part of it because it's probably – I know that there's projects ongoing and we'll come on to that. But in terms of deal packaging fees – just keep, if you could limit it there, have a little think while I'm talking that you know what the question's going to be. The 400 quid that you invested, what what did that generate in fees over a, over a period? Over a period of time around 15,000. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay. So it was well worth a day trip. Too. Definitely well worth a couple of days in Holland. Okay, cool. And uh, let's talk about the joint venture aspect of it. What what sort of deals are you joint venturing on? I'm not asking you for the specifics, but the type of deals, because things have moved on a bit. Yeah, so we've got one deal that we're doing a flip with a couple. Okay. Um, that's just a straight in refurb, flip the property. What's all the profit on that at the end? We're looking at 80,000. 80 grand profit? Yeah. Okay, so this is not a terrace house in Newport. It's a terrace house in Merthyr. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst house on the best street, oh, exactly wow. as we're told, and we found certainly the worst house. And this goes back to having a relationship with the agents. Wow. I went to view a couple of other properties with him. Yeah. He tells me he's got this cracking house that is falling to pieces. Do I want to go and have a look at it? Because it's definitely one he knows that I will like. We went the same day. He opened the door and, yeah exactly what we were looking for so it's a rack and ruins but it is the worst house on the best street fact so a rack and ruin that's totally cool if you've got the team yeah to make it from the worst house in the street to the best house in the street yeah take it as a plan how did you put that team together because i'll be honest with you jesse hand on heart small builders nearly destroyed my life and my property career right okay so, so i got it wrong go on. um i know you done big stuff and we're going to come to the big stuff right so you must have teams of builders available to you how did you put these people together test and measure (laughs) is the best way i can describe it so we we tried lots of different builders in different areas and we've now got a really good core team that we work with that will travel around they've actually expanded their build team to help work alongside us because they like working with us so, so I've been there. I'm going yeah. to talk about more pressure on you because you have to have a flow of work for them mm-hmm. to do or you're going to lose them off-site, aren't you? And they'll go in somebody else's project yeah. and then you haven't got your build team, right? So h- how do you how do you work with that? Because I found that very testing. Be yeah, we work with that in the fact that they've built and they've grown their business because of the business we're putting in their direction. They yeah. still they don't work directly for us and only for us, so they do work with other other people, other other jobs that they have. So the pressure isn't as great as if they were physically just working for us, which is fine because we know then that they've got the right amount of guys that can go off and do other projects while they're still working on ours and vice versa. If we need to throw a good week together to get the job done, we can. they then will pull guys from other jobs to get ours finished. Yeah, and I, I think that's very smart because I did not put myself in that place to start with. I thought I had to keep putting deals through the machine yeah. because these guys needed to work, needed to get paid every Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Do they still get paid every Friday? Yeah. Most likely. Do, do builders get paid weekly? Yeah, they usually yeah. get paid weekly. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> weird. Um, so I put a lot of pressure on myself, and it was only when I realised I had to just communicate with the builder and tell them that, you know, we've got projects coming, but if they're stuck in legals, I can't get them out, you know? Sometimes things get stuck and, you know, you need an insurance. But if we can program it in and we start with them, we started programming jobs as okay. opposed to, and then I'm working with two or three teams. So maybe I bring uh, laborers, rip out teams from another builder to do the yeah. rip out, right? Because in my experience, builders don't like picking up other builders work halfway through, but there are sections to a build. And at that point, 
you can change builders during, yes. during. Yep. so that was I didn't know any of that I learned all that so if you're listening to this right you got that okay don't get stuck like I got stuck so Merthyr Tidville we're up in the valleys we you are up in the valleys 80 grand profit flip yeah that that's impressive I'm having to spend a lot more money than I suspect you're spending in Merthyr Tidville to find that sort of profit in the flip these yeah. days okay cool so uh, there's a JV approved yeah, a, a JV partner with that. So there's 40 grand-ish, whatever yeah, the Yeah, around 40 grand-ish, yeah. Okay, so that's one. What else is going on, Jesse? So with the other Dutch investors? Yeah. Yeah, so I have another Dutch investor who has come on board with a rent-to-rent deal, which is 11 apartments in Cardiff. That's a big rent-to-rent deal. It's a big rent-to-rent deal that yeah. we're going to utilise for service accommodation. Fab. Okay, so are you direct to the developer there? Yes, so I initially went to going to have a look at the apartments back last year where they were still being constructed my broker told me that the guy that owns them was looking to sell them once they were finished so I went along had well, a chat. I was going to ask how we go from you know estate agents in Merthyr Tidville to suddenly working with developers and blocks of flats but yeah. that, that was the journey through the broker that was the journey through the broker yeah went over had a look around had good chat with the owner of the, of the flats the developer and told him what I do what we had been doing what we were looking for, stacked the deal as looking at it to package it on as somebody to, or an investor to buy the block. And actually, as I sat down and looked at the numbers, it worked better if I could try and keep hold of it, but without having to buy it. Cool. So I went back to him with an option for a rent-to-rent. Didn't go down so well to start with. Oh, t- oh tell us about yeah, that. Yeah. So because rejection is part of what we do. Exactly. Yeah. He was... Not particularly open to that option. He really wanted to, his exit was always going to be build them out, sell the block, or build them out and sell them individually. That was his exit plan. Sure. So when I came in and threw a spanner in the works, that made him think. He took probably two or three months, didn't really hear anything from him, had his legal team get in contact. Do you want to go back again? Do you want to go and look at them? What are you going to be doing about it? And I left it, left him to think about it, and he came back to me and said, well, actually, I've thought about the whole scenario. It would work better for me knowing that I'm going to get a guaranteed income yep. on the block. Yep. They can refinance it. Yeah. They still own the asset. Yeah. We control it. Yeah. And took him a little bit of thinking, a few more meetings, but it's worked out okay. That's fab. So, again, I've sort of been in that place. Now, sometimes developers need the cash. They yes. need to get the cash back in because they've committed on other projects yep. or just to satisfy the lenders, right? But again, you've been, I'm not going to say fortunate because, do you know what, fortune favours the brave, right? So you're out there doing it, Jesse, and, and you've found someone who's not only bought into you and bought into this particular project, but has realised that if they still own the block of flats in 2030, they're going to get significant capital uplift because that's exactly. how life is, right? Yeah. So they can retain the asset, cash flow it solidly now, and you take all the pain of owning the building away. Yes. Cool. Okay. So service accommodations come into your life. It has. Go on, let's start treading off down that road. How did that happen? My husband and one of his business partners has a service accommodation unit. I like the whole concept of it. I like the idea of, the cash flow side. Don't necessarily like the idea of the headache of it all, but it all comes part and parcel. Right. On that note, I was looking for some more apartments in Newport. Found a great 
two-bed apartment on Gumtree of all places. So went along, sent the chap a message and then ended up having a conversation with him. He had the two-bedroom apartment, told him what I was looking to utilise it for, etc. Explained exactly what I do, what I was looking for. So being very honest and transparent at that point that I didn't want to go and view it to rent it for myself. I was going to use it for service accommodation. So you were absolutely upfront with him? Yeah, exactly. I don't... Cool do anything backwards, it's all straightforward and, and very simple. So explained to them what I was looking for. He told me that he owned the block, great. Then told me he had something else in, that may be of interest. So I thought, great, maybe he's got two or three more apartments coming up sure. in that same block, which I thought was a great option. It turned out he had a 61-bedroom hotel. A 61-bedroom hotel? Yes. Okay, I've just repeated that so that our listeners can absorb it. Yes. Because they weren't <laughs> expecting you to say that. Okay. So let's head off. Let's head off into the uh, Newport Hotel story. So, yeah, came back down from being upstairs having a chat with with the guy about the apartments and come down with the possibility of a sixty one bedroom hotel. Mention it to my husband. He thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> so how can you go and have one conversation about one thing and come back with a potential hotel? Just how how things happen. If you don't ask the questions and tell people what you're doing, you don't know what they're going to say back to you. And this is exactly how that's happened. So in one way, the hotel found me rather than me trying to find it. Fantastic. But it's worked out well. Went to have a look at it the following day. Very fortunate that the hotel was already, or the building, sorry, was already being converted into a hotel. And at that point, the operator had dropped out. So they were looking for somebody else to step in and, and take it on. Ran the numbers, looked at all the information. So when you walked around the building, it, yeah, it looked like a hotel. It looked like an empty hotel, which but is very all the, odd. All the hard-wiring so, stuff was yeah, in. Yeah, all the hard-wiring stuff was in. The first, second phase fixes were in. There was carpet down. Oh, wow. The bed surrounds were in. The desks, that sort of thing. The wardrobes, all of that was already in. So it was in the final stages. Fab. Which was great because I thought, you okay, we're it, going, you? yeah, you yeah. can see how it could be dressed, how it's going to look. I had then a good few meetings with the actual owner of the building and ran numbers and took a lot of deciphering and deciding, was this something I wanted to step into? Now, you must um, have got a bit of advice on the numbers because yes. you've got no experience in hotels at exactly. this point. So uh, what network did you use? Who who did you go to? So it's a bit out of my league, Jesse. I couldn't help you with this. But did you find people in the community of Progressive or in the property generally or – People who come from Progressive and are now in property generally. Who in did you property go? generally. So going back to the chap that owns the 11 apartments in Cardiff, it transpires through talking to him when I'd met him. He owns a hotel. Oh. So building the relationship up with him really helped at the stage where I was at then with this hotel. So, again, it's about talking to people about what you're doing and what you're focusing on and where you're moving towards because now he's become a very good friend of ours. Cool. And helping me down that route as well. So, right. yeah, as you say, I don't have a background in hotels. I've taken it by the horns and run with it, and I'm very much learning along the way. Yeah, well, we have to share. It's actually open. You've done it is open. This deal's done and up and running, isn't it? Deal done, up and open. So the structure of the deal without getting into specifics, uh, did you buy the hotel? Did you not buy the hotel? How did it run? We didn't buy the hotel. We've leased the hotel. So, we, Well, we've leased the building right. with all fixtures and fittings obviously included. So we've had to go in and furnish and dress the property. 
So it's a like a giant rent to rent deal, is it? Yes, a giant rent to rent deal. Cool, fab. And um, we haven't really spoken about numbers. Yeah. So I don't know what you're prepared to share. Maybe income numbers because it, it. I know it's complex, and you know there are big figures involved in this. So we've gone from sourcing little houses in Merthyr Tidville, which okay, I just want to confirm. <laughs> You still do that? Yeah, we still do that. You still yeah. packaging deals, right? Especially for your Dutch investors. Right? Yes. How many investors you got on your database in total? I know. In total, around 180. That's quite a lot of people. I mean, that's a business, right? Yeah. 100. And that's taken time to build up. Absolutely. But there's in 180 people, there's always 8, 10, 12 who are ready to buy. Exactly. If you keep communicating. Yeah. And it's a manageable amount because you talk to people who say they got. 30,000 investors. You can't work with 30,000 investors. No, exactly. It's like, you know, a football stadium. Right? <laughs> uh, but 180 is a really good number. I've got around 200. So yep. I get it. Okay. So you're still packaging deals, but we've gone from earning three, five, eight grand per deal. Yes. Give us a projection now. By the end of 2019, where do you think you're going to be in terms of cash flow? In terms and, of- and people listening – just have a sit down. <laughs> and if you're driving, pull over, okay, because this is quite a big number. I was impressed. You're going to be impressed. So with what we're building with the hotel and the other service accommodation units that we've got in the pipeline that will be ready by the end of the year, we're looking at monthly revenue at 250000 a month. Quarter of a million pound a month. That's the aim. Blimey. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to hit your number? I would like to. I know. If you get halfway there, are you happy with that? Oh, super happy. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So if you're listening out there, team, the point I'd like to make, because I love Jessie's journey and and I love what she's done. And do you know what I really like about Jessie? When I I spoke to you, Jessie, and suggested that you do something, she goes and does it, right? There's a little video of you. You might be able to find somewhere historically on the progressive forum and at this point i knew that you were going to succeed in property you came to peterborough one day and we had a little one-to-one masterminding session early days and we talked about the offer that's not an offer offer i.e you want to make a low ball offer but you're a bit nervous about going in so low bum squeakingly low that you're going to offend the other side so you dress it in a way that, well, I wasn't going to really make an offer, but I'm, if I had to make an offer, I'd come in at X. And we had that session, and we you did. went out the next day, and you might not remember this, and I haven't, we haven't discussed this. You're sitting in your car, not driving, doing a live video with your sunglasses on. Yeah. To make you look like a giant bumblebee. <laughs> right, those big ones. The Audrey Hepburn ones, right? And you said you've just gone out and done it. Right, this is the next morning. And you've got more viewings lined up for the day, and you're going to do it again. And it's your mindset that leads you to take action that got you on the plane, EasyJet plane, to go to Holland to talk to 50 people you didn't know, to talk to 50 people, right? I've had people, friends in our community say they won't ask a question in a room because they're frightened of talking in front of people. So you mustn't be frightened. And you are, apart from being really smart, right? You are the example of action getting rewards. And I'm thrilled to have watched your journey. So where, where do you see it going now? So you've got, you've got your hands full, right? 
got my hands full at the moment. Five years from now, where are you going to be, Jess? On a beach, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so is that it? You're going to build a business with the thought all the time of selling it and starting again? Or Potentially. We're looking at, I'm looking at building the hotel brand across different areas of South Wales. That's that's where my focus is, as well as being able to still help investors with their journey as well. I really like the mentoring that we do here up at Progressive. I love coming here each month and, and seeing the, the progression of the other mentees that are here. In five years' time, I'm not sure. I'd like to... Say that we'll, well still of course, be you're a restaurateur now as well. Yes. Go and tell, tell the friends. So the that. restaurant will be opening at the hotel within the next two or three weeks. So just throwing another element into the property entrepreneurship that I'm going through, I think, is probably the word. It's not just an investor anymore. We're going across across the board a little bit. So This is another joint venture? Yes. Okay. And you're doing um, – because I thought, team, when Jesse told me about this restaurant, you know, I thought, they do dinner in the evening, but it's not quite like that. Not is quite it? like that. Oh, so the restaurant is attached to the hotel, so it will be restaurant, cafe, and bar. So we'll do service from 6 a.m. in the morning for breakfasts, lunches, afternoon teas, evening meals, a la carte meals, wow. and then all the cocktails. <laughs> the, wine, the profits in the wine, right? Profits in the wine. It's <laughs> really cool. So, uh, again... Not your direct experience here. Not my direct experience. But the pattern of what you do, Jesse, is you bring in joint venture partners who have that experience. Yeah, exactly. So I lean on other people's experience yeah. and I'm very open to learning and that's what I enjoy. I'm learning something different. And if I can bring that into the fold by helping someone else or them helping me, then it's great. Great. So, you know, you don't need to hear me say this, but watch it like a hawk. Right, you've got a lot <laughs> of stuff going on, uh, and all this came from going on the deal packaging course and starting to package a few houses in Newport. Exactly, fabulous. Uh, can I say thank you so much, people out there in property sourcing land? Deal packaging is special because it can lead to so many places. Many, many people join us in the deal packaging community, but they go on to any other things. It's a stepping stone, but the skills that you learn. Just packaging a little house can lead you into hotels, restaurants, conquering the world. How fab is that? Jesse, um, you are going to be a big player in the industry. I know you're working with Simon as yeah. well. Uh, he hasn't had the credit in this, um, he hasn't had the credit in this uh, episode, but we know he's there and yeah. you work together. You're a team. We do. Right. Work Absolutely. So you guys are going to have a huge profile in the industry. I'm honored and privileged that I was there at the start and I can watch your journey. I regard Jessie as my friend. It's not about mentor, mentee now. She's 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 on her way, but I'm always there. And, you know, you're always there for me. So yes. I'm going to say thank you. I hope you've enjoyed these this guys out in property sourcing land. Um, I'm going to do a bit more of this. People have gone through the journey building really big businesses, but you might not know what's going on. So I want you to I want you to know that there are really successful property people who come from deal packaging, from the original Day one, fear and excitement of getting into property. I hope this has helped. Uh, we'll get it out there. You'll hear it in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, keep doing your viewings. We're going to sell all of them. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.